welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Grab Stack Radio Show, Mathematic Edition. Oh, I must say, listeners, I'm really growing to love our time together when we take on the big old Mathematic. And when I say take on, I should say take down, because we always get 100% here at Grab Stack Radio Show, don't we? Would you expect anything less? I personally don't think I've ever received less than 100% on anything I've ever done. And if I have, well, I'm pretty sure whoever was grading me didn't know how to do math. Unlike me and you. Because after all, we are taking on the mathematic and honing our math skills into a pointy shape that we can use to strike down our math problems with perfect precision. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Like math darts, but with fewer chances of hurting yourself. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. The rules of the Mathematic Challenge are very simple. We have three rounds where Carl, the station manager, programs the Mathematic to try to stump us with its cosmic math abilities, and we stand against the tide with our superior intellect. We have 10 seconds to solve each question, but if you need more time, just hit the old pause button. I don't mind waiting. Oh, and do you have your pencil and paper ready? I got mine right here, and I got a nice new eraser for my pencil in the shape of a little baby pot belly pig. Oink, oink. Ah, well, I saw him in the store just looking all cute and round, and I couldn't leave him there, so I rescued him, and now he resides on top of my pencil, ready to help me erase any mistakes at a moment's notice. Ooh, I hear the mathematic firing up in the next room, so that means it is time to get started. The first question is printed off, and I can barely contain my excitement. Ooh, I wonder what the math will be about today. Building a house on the correct angle of a slope, raising a barn. Maybe we'll do math about the proper trajectory of how to throw our intellectual math darts to hit our math targets. Ooh, it could be anything, people. Okay, here we go. Round one, and the first question is... The lady who owns the yarn store adopts a kitty cat who has seven kittens. The next day, she adopts another kitty cat who has 12 kittens. How many kittens does the yarn store lady have? Ten seconds on the clock. Here we go. Well, it's not exactly the trajectory of our intellectual math darts, but I do think kittens are very cute. So this works for me, too. Also, can we talk about how perfect it would be if the owner of a yarn store adopted a bunch of kitty cats? Oh, I mean, I don't know much, but I sure know that kittens love to bat around a ball of yarn. And what better place to do that than at a yarn store? Although that seems like she has a lot of kittens here. And if they're all batting around a ball of yarn, well... What are the chances that they cross yarn and get all tangled up? Oh, now that I'm really thinking it through, this might spell disaster for this yarn store lady. Oh, what's that, Carl? We we need to solve the question. Well, of course we do. We need to know how many kittens are causing pandemonium over at the yarn store. Okay, let's see. The first cat has seven kittens, and the second cat has 12 kittens. So if we add seven to 12, we will get 19. 19 kittens in the yarn store, batting around balls of yarn and creating a mixed-up mess, a tangled-up tumult, and a deer of knots. Oh, the humanity. But we've solved the kitten problem, so it's time to move on. Let's see what we got for round two. Hit us, Carl. Round two, and the question is... The yarn store lady decides to help some of the kittens find new homes. She is able to find homes for six of them. 
How many kitty kitty kittens does she have left? 10 seconds are on the clock, let's go! I would just like to say that I find this response to the previous kitten question pragmatic and admirable. Apparently the yarn store lady can also see all the angles and knows the absolute cuteness of 19 kittens batting around yarn balls is shadowed by all the trouble they'll surely get into. Am I the sort of grab stack who would adopt a kitten? I mean, we are a similar size, but I'm not sure I could adopt a kitten without knowing its opinion on Flash Marflers first. It's the first thing I look for in a companion. Can't live with someone who doesn't like Flash Marflers. Why, that would be a travesty. Okay, 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 focus, grab stack. We need to see how many kittens this yarn store lady's dealing with. If she had 19 and gave away six of them, oh, well, that, well she'd have 13. 13! Well, that's still an inordinate amount of kittens. She should take out an ad on my show. I bet we'd get rid of all those kittens. I mean, I mean, not get rid of. We could get them a home. <laughs> sort of a kittenathon with lots of prizes and kitty cat kittens. Oh, well, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We still have one more question to solve. Final round, let's go. The question is... Each kitten needs half a cup of food a day. How many cups of food does the yarn store lady need to measure out to feed all the kittens? Oh, I didn't even think about feeding them. I mean, let's see, if we have 13 kittens left and they need a half a cup of food a day, then we have to multiply 13 by one half, which is really the same thing as cutting 13 in half. So the answer would be six and a half. Six and a half cups of food a day. Oh, we did it, listeners. Three for three once again. And I really hope this yarn lady figures it out with all of her kittens. It seems to be quite the predicament she has on her hands. But fortunately, our predicaments are over. Because we beat the mathematic! Welcome back, fans of Florp, to the Grab Stack Radio Show! Mathomatic edition. Today we will be taking on the mighty Mathomatic, a diabolical machine who does its best each week to stump us with head scratching math problems involving an inordinate amount of numbers and very little food. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you'll know that on Florp we have something called Schmath, which actually does involve food. I find it to be a superior area of study as well, because I've never finished a math problem and had any cherry tarts to show for it, but I will say that math is growing on me because there's so many ways you can use it, and I suppose down here on Earth you really do use it for everything. So, against the mathematic, here we go. The rules of the game are simple. Three rounds and ten seconds to answer each question. Of course, if you need more time to answer, go ahead and pause the show. I don't mind. Math takes as long as it takes sometimes, like a flourless chocolate cake you just flubbed the recipe for, so you think it's only supposed to bake for 20 minutes, but it actually takes an hour. And even after you pull it out of the oven, it becomes more of a chocolate lava cake because it spreads across the counter like slow-moving lava. Carl, remind me to write a strongly worded letter to Betty Gelato in the Twin Cities because her recipe did not work. And I had a whole dinner party of etymologists who thought I had mistaken them for geologists by making a lava cake. It was pure catastrophe. Oh, what's that, Carl? 
Oh, right. The math problem's all right. Let's get back to the chocolate cake thing later, since I hear the mathematic whirring away in the other room. Do you have a pencil and paper? Because they're about to come in very handy. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Round one. The first question is, there are 24 deer in the forest. And they all have four legs and two antlers each. How many legs and how many antlers do they have? Ten seconds on the clock. Let's go! Let's see. 24 deer and they all have four legs and two antlers each. Okay, this one seems like a two-parter. Let's do the first part first. That always makes sense, doesn't it, to start that way? 24 deer with four legs means we have to multiply 24 by 4, which means it is, hold on, carry the number 3, scribble a little picture of a deer here, and the answer is... 96. Well, the first part of the answer anyway. We still have to account for all those antlers. But that's way easier than multiplying by 4 because you only have to multiply by 2. So if we multiply 24 by 2, we get 48. The answer is they have 96 legs and 48 antlers between them. Oh, my. My stars, that was a tough one. But we got through it all right, didn't we, listeners? Let's move on to round 2. Question is, one of the deer has opened a shop by the river selling mangoes. He starts the day with 48 mangoes, and by the end of the day, he's sold 36. How many mangoes does he have left over? All right, 10 seconds. Here we go. Okay, well, hold on just a tootin' minute. What sort of deer sells mangoes? Does he even have a food vendor license? And how's he selling anything without thumbs? Oh, there's so many questions. But I guess none of those will get us closer to our answers. So let's see what we're dealing with here. Yeah, he starts the day with 84 mangoes, which implies that he's finding these mangoes himself because no self-respecting food distributor would sell mangoes in bulk in anything less than multiples of five. But I suppose we're supposed to just move past that. So, he sells 36 mangoes, which means we have to take 36 away from 84. So that answer is 48. But so many questions remain. <sighs> Alright, let's move on to the final question of the day. Round three. And the question is, a bear opens a rival shop across from the deer, only he is selling coconuts. He needs to sell twice as many coconuts than the deer sold mangoes to stay in business. How many coconuts does the bear need to sell? Ten seconds are ticking. Let's get sold in. Okay, now this is just more confusing than a flapple in a winter jacket. Where did the bear come from? Why is he a cordial business competitor with the deer? And how in the name of Earth and Florp did he find a bunch of coconuts at this time of year in a temperate forest habitat, no less? Carl! I think you need to calibrate the mathematic machine, because it seems like it's on the fritz. 
Okay, we better solve this question anyway. This bear allegedly needs to sell twice as many coconuts as the deer to stay in business, although I don't know what tropical tourists are frequenting the forest to buy coconuts and mangoes from woodland creatures. But let's see. The deer sold 48 mangoes, so the bear would need to sell twice as many as that, and that would be... 96! And if anyone is keeping track at home, that's just as many as there are deer legs in the forest. Oh, I hope those two things aren't somehow related. <sighs> well, that concludes our battle with a mathematic. I'm definitely going to have that thing tuned up, because I can't imagine another bear selling a coconut in the forest. But I digress. We went three for three, people. Did you get all the answers? Oh, I bet you did. And if you didn't, well, that's okay, too. As I always say with math, if at first you don't succeed, try again until you do. It's all about practice and perseverance. Welcome back, loyal listeners, to the one and only Grab Stack Radio Show. We are broadcasting live from the top of Bobby Wonder's desk from our famous Tiny Desk Studio. And I must say, there is nowhere I would rather be, mostly because it's raining outside and therefore I refuse to exit the house because my umbrella has a hole in it and I simply cannot stand the idea of getting wet in the winter. Grab Stacks like to be warm and sip hot cocoa and eat waffles and flourish marflers. We do not like to brave the elements. Of course, I am quite good at braving the elements if I choose to. One time, I navigated a sailboat through a tropical storm, and we made it back to shore safe and sound, if not a little worse for wear. Granted, I was instructing the captain on how to navigate us back to shore, and I suppose he didn't take all of my advice. I mean, come to think of it, he didn't take any of my advice. Regardless, I stand by the fact that my advice was absolutely pivotal to ensuring our safe return. Anyway, enough about sailboats. We have more important things to attend to, like taking on the Mathematic. That's right, listeners. It's that time again where we go head-to-head with the wily Mathematic and crunch numbers like their crunchity-crunchity cereal. (sighs) The rules of the game are simple. There are three rounds, and each round I will read the question, and then you have ten seconds to solve it. If you need a little more time, just go ahead and hit the old pause button. I don't mind waiting. And I recommend you snag a pencil and paper to write your problems down on because one time I tried writing my problems down on Bobby's cape. And trust me when I say no one was happy about it. And I definitely did not finish any math. Is everyone ready? Carl, the station manager is in the other room and I can hear the mathematic firing up now. Carl, are you ready? Yes? Okay. Marvelous. Then let's get started. Round one. Our first question is, the Pflugerville community pool holds 1,000 gallons of water. Mighty Mila swoops in and starts vacuuming out all the water so no one can swim. But Bobby Wonder flies in and stops her after she has vacuumed out 237 gallons. How many gallons of water are left in the pool? All right, 10 seconds are on the clock. Let's get solving. We're back. First of all, may I just say that mighty Mila, can she just leave the pool alone? Relaxing on a floaty shaped like a swan should be a sacred space, but she's always swooping in and doing things like vacuuming out the pool water. 
How's the swan supposed to float if the pool is empty? Exactly. It can't. I suppose that's her plan, though. She's diabolical like that. Okay, okay. Let's just get back to the math problem. There are 1,000 gallons in the pool, and she takes 237 gallons out of the pool. Well, where is she putting it? How big is this vacuum? Oh, calm down, grab stack. Just put a pin in that. Focus on the math. Okay, if she takes out 237 gallons, then we would have... 763 gallons left. Wow. Well, that still seems like enough to float on a relaxing swan. Anyway, let's move on to round two. The question is, Bobby Wonder's personal record for fastest speed from his house to Lucy Wow's barn is 65 miles per hour. If he wants to go twice as fast, how fast does he need to fly? Ten seconds are on the clock. Let's go! All right. So Bobby Wonder wants to fly twice as fast, huh? Well, I can't say I think it's a very good idea. I mean, how are we going to stop? It's hard enough at his current top speed. I hope for all of our sakes that this question is just hypothetical. That means not real. I sure hope the mathematic is just writing these questions at random and it's not some sort of fortune-telling machine. Carl, call Bobby and make sure this question is hypothetical. Oh, don't act like the phone is broken. I tested it before I came in just in case you tried to say that. Okay, fine. I'll call him later myself. Let's just solve the question first. Okay, so if Bobby's top speed is 65 miles per hour and he wants to fly twice as fast, then we will need to multiply by two. So that would be 130 miles per hour? I do not condone this course of action. We better solve the next problem quick so I can double check that Bobby is not out there trying to double his flight speeds. Okay, round three and the final round. Question is, there are 10 ducks living in the Pflugerville Pond. They all have five ducklings apiece. How many ducklings live in the Pflugerville Pond now? 10 seconds are on the clock. Here we go. Okay, did you get the answer? I did. The answer is not enough. Oh, I just adore ducklings. So whatever the numerical answer is, we just we just need more. How can we get more ducklings at the pond? I should write a letter to the ducks, maybe. Leave them a gift basket as an incentive or, or just wait till spring. Uh, I don't think I can wait that long for more ducklings. Uh, what's that, Carl? Oh, right. <laughs> the math problem. Okay, if there are 10 ducks and they all have five ducklings, then we have to multiply 10 times five, and that means there are 50 ducklings at the Pflugerville Pond. Oh, it's a good start, but like I said, not nearly enough. <sighs> Carl, get our best man on the duckling situation. What do you mean we don't have any man? Oh, well, at least we solved all three questions. Good job, solvers. Tune in tomorrow when we'll take on the riddle machine and trade our math brains for our twisty riddle-solving brains. And while you're waiting, if you love a good fright, maybe a little chill from hearing a spooky story, then you will love R.L. Stein's Book Club. Just search for it wherever you get your podcast, and you'll find your way. That's all from me, Grabstack, signing off. Go, kid, go. 